0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. And did you know this is my fifth year of this video podcast? Bam! Pretty amazing. I'm so excited. I am Paula ries and I am so excited to continue on this journey with all these beautiful, amazing, magical, creative entrepreneurs and people who are creating change in the world. So I am your transformational lifestyle and business coach for creative women in mid-change and mid-career on the verge of becoming more, right, more, because life is full of more. We all deserve to have more, right, Sarah?
1: That's correct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so today's my guest is Sarah St. John, and from, she's from Texas. hmm uh, And so Sarah, so you have a podcast company called pod scene Mm -hmm. and is that your main focus? Why don't you tell us, why don't you tell everybody out here what's going on with you?
1: Sure. Yeah. So that is my main focus now, but it's been kind (laughs) of trial and error with a bunch of different things over the, over a decade. Uh Um, like in back, going back to 2008, I had had six different jobs that year.
0: <laughs> I know that one.
1: <laughs> and uh, decided that you know I wanted to work for myself and start my own business, and so I started a photography business because I like taking photos, but. Uh, well, I realized I like taking photos of animals, architecture, and landscapes, not people. But that, <laughs> that's where the money is. Is uh, animals you not know, pay you very well, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So, portraits and, and weddings. Um, but the bigger issue was just the expense to maintain and upkeep, you know, equipment and. Software and all this stuff. So I decided to switch to an online business model, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I tried a bunch of different things like affiliate marketing, blogging, drop shipping. And It was in that process that I discovered all these free or really affordable tools and resources to run an online business on a budget. So I got the idea to write a book called Frugalpreneur.
0: Love that. I love that name.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah. And then I started a podcast uh, also called Frugalpreneur, but that was just going to coincide with the book. It was going to be like, you know, 10 episodes, um, But I I got more leverage and traction with the podcast than the book. I love the networking and connections I was making. So I kept doing that. I've been doing that for almost three years now. Wow. Time flies. And uh, have uh, like 140 episodes now. And and I just love it so much that I decided um, to launch a podcast production agency. And so that's my focus now, but it took me trying a million different things over the course of over a decade to finally find that thing that really connected.
0: <laughs> nice. And so do you feel like it really connected because you felt a strong pull toward it? You had more of a passion for it.
1: Yeah, definitely more of a passion. Uh, because I feel like everything else I tried, it was more because it was just something I had heard about. And I was like, I eh, might as well try that, but I wasn't really passionate about it. It was, it was more about like, how can I make money doing this? But whereas all things podcasting, I'm actually passionate about. So I enjoy it from a different perspective of just, you know, paying the bills or whatever.
0: <laughs> right. So is the podcast continuing too, as well as the, the podcast production company?
1: Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. I saw the podcast.
0: And and what is your podcast? I mean, where do you focus your podcast on now? Or is it always different or?
1: Um, so, so it's frugalpreneur, uh, and like the tagline is building a business on a bootstrap budget. And it started out with me interviewing like CEOs or, someone within the company of the, like the different software programs that I use and recommend. And then I started interviewing like entrepreneurs that I'm familiar with or look up to or have followed. And then I started interviewing entrepreneurs who maybe no one really knows, but they've started with under a thousand dollars and grew their business to over a million without any kind of you know, capital or loans or credit or debt or like they bootstrapped it basically. Uh-huh. And, um, and now I'm looking to, and I kind of, I still interview, you know, those, those types of people. I'm still looking for more people like that, but I'd also like to interview some shark tank contestants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's a big step up. Yeah.
1: yeah. And um, I'm also kind of curious to talk with like kid entrepreneurs. Oh, I think that would be really interesting. Fun.
0: Super fun. Yeah. You do hear about some of these kids who start when they're 12 or eight. Right. And they just yeah. have these really creative ideas, which is beautiful. Instead of smothering them, mm-hmm. right. They're, they're able to uh, build on that. That would be awesome. But I really love the idea of frugalpreneur because, you know, I'm a coach too. And I work with a lot of people who are starting new businesses and are changing businesses or whatever. And there isn't a lot of money. There isn't a lot of income or there's no income. Right. Yeah. And how do they how do they hire a coach to help them do this when they don't have any money and they don't have any money to start their business? And yet you have to invest.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you just have to invest. So what are some of your pointers for that? What are you, what are you telling these frugal preneurs?
1: Yeah. So one thing I would recommend is, you know, assuming that someone already has a day job to not quit the day job, (laughs) you know, um, it, it kind of view it as a way to finance, I guess your side hustle or your business, um, and then, you know, once it gets the point where it can replace your day job income or you see some kind of consistent income, then, you know, maybe if you want to, I mean, some people like to keep their day job and their business, um,
0: A little side hustle. Yeah.
1: Right. But yeah, so some people think that like they have to quit their day job and then go straight into their business, but they haven't even really started the business yet or haven't gotten far but I don't really recommend that cuz then where's the money coming from right. to pay your I mean first of all to even pay your bills let alone, you know, like you said coaching or business expenses and things like that. So
0: And what else? What else? How do you how do you tell them to keep moving forward?
1: Uh well, avoiding shiny object syndrome I think is helpful. <laughs> 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 Which is hard to do I think most entrepreneurs have shiny object syndrome. Uh, and I obviously did when I was trying this, that, and the other thing. Um, but yeah, just find something that you're passionate about, maybe something that is already a hobby, but like, how can you get paid for it? Uh, could you teach other people to do that thing, create a course? Uh, I mean, there's a million different things you could do, but find something that you're passionate about. And then, um, focus on that one thing versus trying everything that you hear about,
0: focus, right? I know if, focus. If I Deal with so many creative women who are multi-passionate, like myself, you know, I want to do this. 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 I want to do this, but you can't do all of it, or you can't be the master of any of it. Not that you have to be the master, but you know, what, what did I, what was I always told as I started up in the coaching business, you got to be two steps ahead of your client. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know it all,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? You got to be two steps ahead,
1: <laughs> right? Exactly. As long as you know more than they know, that's the main and thing, have, I guess.
0: And you have—I mean, you have what it takes. What they need—you
1: mm-hmm. have the
0: skills and the tools and the technology, whatever to help them do what they want to do. Um, but it's still so scary, and I see so many women just so afraid to invest in themselves. Oh, I'm okay where I am. Oh, I'm going to settle. I'm, I'm comfortable. And it's just like, oh, man, life is for living. <laughs> life is for getting out of that comfort zone sometimes, not all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But to expand your, your knowledge, your awareness, your skills, your ideas, your, your creative juices, your projects, and go for it. Because if you don't, you'll never know.
1: Yeah that's true and i mean i mean i suppose it depends on the person as to if i tend to think that it's better to try something and fail at it yeah. than to be left wondering what if
0: absolutely and then you know what's the biggest question when that happens is what's the worst that could happen
1: mm, yeah true
0: what's the worst that can happen you fall down mhm get back up <laughs>
1: Right, exactly.
0: I mean, and, and so people, so many people are afraid of doing that. So I, I, but I love, I love, you know, there's so many, ever since COVID, you know, there's so much online now and there's so many coaches online and there's so many people going, I'm a millionaire and I'm going to show you how to be a millionaire. And it's like, I love what you're doing is starting at the ground and saying, no, let's just start where you're at and work your way up. Mm -hmm. right all of a sudden you're not going to be a millionaire tomorrow (laughs) right (laughs) I mean maybe (laughs) pretty unlikely
1: (laughs) yeah and I think that's I think we assume or you know that these people that we see these entrepreneurs or even celebrity entrepreneurs I don't know I guess that's a thing I just now thought of that like the sharks for example on shark tank they're entrepreneurs and celebrities so whatever but you just assume that they became that way overnight because you just heard about them overnight, maybe, right. but it would probably took a decade at least, or more, a couple decades to get, you know, where they are. Right. And you just don't know about that part.
0: See, there's my dog. Oh. <laughs> there's her, ringing my doorbell.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, he's a good protection dog. She is.
0: She is. Or she. She's a very good protector. My husband's out there. He'll take care of it. Sorry about that little intrusion there. But, uh, uh, where were we? Yes. Yeah, so it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and all these people who are out there, I'm a seven figure, you know, business person. And I'm going to make that. I'm going to give you all my tools so you can do it too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But does that work? I mean, really? oh, goodness me. This is the beauty of working at home. <laughs> Which I love, I would trade it for the world. Right, I, it's not good. It's not good. You guys, it's part of my life. <laughs> you got my guitar. You got my dog.
1: Oh, <laughs> how cute! Um,
0: so, so what else?
1: Uh, what was the? You had just asked a question, but now I don't remember what it was. Oh, I don't
0: know. It was
1: I'm right. Saying. It was right before. Oh, I see him. Oh, oh he's so cute. Here. Or okay. she, sir. Or... <laughs> good
0: girl. Thank you for taking care of us. Uh, oh fact, he's i guess like these, these millionaires <laughs> these yeah <overtaking> millionaires
1: <laughs> oh yeah about how they're like um here are my steps to become a millionaire or whatever i mean i guess it could work but it again i, I don't know it gives the illusion that it can happen overnight when it doesn't <laughs>
0: So they get all these people who are, who are, you know, even like what you said, you tried all these things, people who are trying all these things and they're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pay him so I can learn how to be a millionaire. I'm going to pay them so I can learn how to do this. I'm going to pay them. So I'm going to learn how to do this. And it's like, how often does that work? Right. 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 Unless you find a, a, a real coach who has real life experience, who's going to help you lay your path. Like me, of course, mm-hmm.
1: um, but um yeah, I guess you had asked earlier, like what are some things to kind of keep in mind or look out for? And I had mentioned shiny object syndrome. I think another big one that I experience and probably a lot of people is um spending so much time consuming and not enough time creating, like ah. you, you know, taking courses and listening to podcasts and all and reading books, all that stuff's good. But at a certain point, you need to implement what you're learning. Otherwise, right. it's pointless.
0: Very good point. Really, really good point. And I do know a lot of people. I've, I've uh, had people in courses that I've been in who just take course after course after course after course. And it's like, yeah, but.
1: But what are you implementing it? <laughs> right.
0: right. Consuming, not creating. I love that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, and some people just get stuck on that little merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough I'm imposter syndrome right mm-hmm. I'm not ready I don't know enough and it's like you may never be completely ready
1: right well you and
0: start somewhere
1: and there's something I heard I forget who initially came up with this but it was like just in time learning like don't learn everything that you ever think you need to know, because of course, by the time you need to use it, you won't remember it, but like, just learn the things that you're actually working on right then and there. Mm -hmm. So it's called just in time learning, but I don't know who came up with that, but, um, (laughs) I I thought that that was pretty good.
0: Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I love learning. I am, you know, I'm an avid reader. I love you know, listening to podcasts and reading books and I love taking classes. I love teaching classes, but I love taking classes. I'm never going to, I'm never going to be done learning, Mm -hmm. but you're right. You have to have time for implementation. You have to time for your, you have to have time for your own work Mm -hmm. and let your creative juices flow. You know, you have to, you know, to me, you have to tap into your inner, your inner God, God is source, connection whatever you want to call it but your your inner juices uh, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to let your own spirit soar and your own ideas come to fruition right Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so i would say that those are some of the key things i think things that entrepreneurs tend to struggle with and to kind of you know, look out for, it, be cognizant of it and recognize it when it's happening and try to nip it in the bud, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just taking notes here. Shiny object syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I know that one really well. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So tell me what you do. So I love talking about self-care. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Again, what I find as a coach and as a woman and friends and in clients and people, I know that in women in particular, um, that taking care of themselves usually comes last. Mm -hmm. Uh, they feel like things are selfish and I'm like, I love selfish. (laughs) I love selfish because if I don't take care of me, no one else is going to take care of me not in a way that's going to feed my soul and my spirit and help me project into my next thing, whatever that is. Right. So Mm -hmm. what do you do for yourself? Do you have like daily self-care rituals as an entrepreneur, you know, in your business or in your personal life?
1: Oh, let's see daily probably not though maybe I should um we gotta talk (laughs) (laughs) I do like massages but that's not I don't get those daily obviously um (laughs) uh let's see I don't I mean I like to read to relax but I don't know if that's really would fall in that category um
0: absolutely
1: okay yeah or you know occasionally watch some kind of netflix show or something but um let's see what else massages um reading um snorkeling or anything really on the water like jet skiing boating any of that kind of stuff which i don't get to do very often but um you know cuz i'm in dallas we have like <laughs> yeah <laughs> So anytime I go on vacations... Oh, that's another thing, traveling. I love to travel, uh, you know. I guess we're starting to travel again, but uh, I used to travel probably a couple times a year and sometimes cities, sometimes tropical places, but I really like, um, yeah, just any kind of travel, I think is maybe my main thing.
0: Love it, love it. I, I was just
1: in Maui not too long ago. Oh, so I had a trip planned for Maui specifically in April of 2020. It was completely paid for with airline miles, the airfare, the hotel, the rental car, everything. And then of course had to cancel it because of COVID. Right. But it yeah, so maybe this year.
0: Oh well, <laughs> go get get those points, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. I love Maui. That was great. But my, the unfortunate thing was because I love to snorkel too. Mm. And the first day, so we got in the night before the first morning, we went out to snorkel and I get in the water and I get slammed up against the rocks and rip my knee open. Oh no. And I limped for the two weeks I was there and I couldn't go snorkeling.
1: Oh, that's no fun.
0: (laughs) I had a great time otherwise. (laughs) but dang! So I'm ready to go back. (laughs) Yeah. I love, I love the water. The water is very healing and therapeutic mm-hmm. and powerful. It's very powerful.
1: <laughs> As I well, found out. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, a trip I took a few years ago to Playa del Carmen. And there was one day where, I mean, it was probably one of the best days of my life because I did zip lining, snorkeling with turtles, uh, swimming through, uh, oh, I think it's pronounced Cenote, but I said C-note at the time. Um, And it's like a cave type thing. Um, ATVing, like just all this stuff. It was like an eight hour day, just one thing after the next. But the snorkeling, which I think was the last thing that we did, was like the most relaxing thing. I was just like, I'm like craving that opportunity to, right. especially if when you're doing it with turtles.
0: <laughs> you could just float in the water for hours, right? It's just so beautiful. It's a whole nother world.
1: Yeah. And it, I think also because you can't hear anything. And so it's just compl- I mean, you hear like that little zzz, like that, but like, I mean, that's kind of you hear like just this white noise of the ocean, I guess. I don't know. But like, really, you're not hearing any outside stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's like the most relaxing thing.
0: Well, (laughs) I recommend you have a daily ritual of (laughs) (laughs) self-care.
1: Yeah. I'll definitely have to implement that.
0: (sighs) Uh, It's something that I, I have done for so many years, you know, between getting up and meditating and journaling and then getting outside and running or walking and
1: I mm, mm-hmm. ah,
0: set my day up for success.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So good. So good. So, okay. So, really quickly, thank you. This has been great. Um, Your pod seam. So, you mm-hmm. help people develop a podcast?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if they don't, uh, well, I help people either launch a podcast or say they already have one. Um, I can help with the production of it. Basically, what I found is that. A lot of people will start a podcast, but the average episode count that people put out is like seven, and then they, what they call pod fade, they stop doing it.
0: Pod fade. Yep. <laughs> I heard that word before.
1: <laughs> and I think, you know, a big reason is because people don't anticipate all the, like the post production and whatnot. So I basically someone will record their episode, and then I'll. Do all the post-production but then in addition to that create like little clips and audiograms and show notes and all of this different stuff um so basically they just record send it to me and i take care of everything else basically um social media graphics things okay. like that right. so yeah do you,
0: do you have like different packages that you offer
1: Yeah. um, Well, I have like one for just launching because sometimes people just need to launch it. And so it's like six episodes and whatever. And then maybe they want to take over it. But and then a monthly production management side, because I can also do like uh, managing guests, like guests to come on the show and things like that. So um yeah there's different kind of packages depending on like do you need guest management and scheduling do you need just a launch do you need just production you know that kind of thing.
0: Sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Sarah and thank you everybody in Heart and Hustle and now if those of you who are wannabe podcasters or are in a podcast have a podcast need some help with podcasting have questions, you know, check out Sarah's site. And of course, I'll give you all her contact information down below. Um, and thank you for being here, Sarah. Thank you for spending time with me. And thank you for the work you're bringing to the world because frugalpreneurs need you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. So, and- good.
0: so good. And thank you everybody out in heart in hustle land. Paulette Riesene here. And if you love this kind of podcast, please subscribe, YouTube and SoundCloud uh, and a few other places wherever you find me. (laughs) I'm kind of everywhere. Um, And thanks for being here. And let me know if there's anything I can do also to help you um, move along in that beautiful world and life that you are desiring. Until we meet again, many blessings.